0: Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry. How are we doing? Happy Labor Day. I come to you. I'm late in the game. We're at the 13th hour of me recording this. <laughs> the turnaround between my recording this and you and the upload is going to be very short, so this is fresh off the presses. Here's here's the deal, you guys. Um I didn't feel like doing an episode. I sat there on Sunday and I was like, ah. I'll push it off, push it off, push it off. And yeah, the, 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 uh, desire didn't come. So <laughs> every now and again, I just need a break. And so really I wasn't going to do an episode at all, but I mustered up the strength to do a recap of Real House Sides of Potomac. So I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, what is there worth talking about? Brad Pitt can go to hell. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. Um, uh, what else? Uh, Tori Spelling now looks like Chloe. Um, so that's very jarring. You can find a picture of that on everyone's business but mine on Instagram. Um, I watched a whole six episode documentary on Hulu about 9-11. It was incredibly compelling, incredibly heartbreaking. Just so, so good. if you can muster the courage to watch it, if you're going to cry. Cause like I cried and I don't really cry about stuff and I cried several times. So (laughs) if it's going to be too upsetting for you, I would suggest not watching it. Um, but it was very, very well done. Um, what else is going on out here in these streets? Uh, Channing Tatum is still smashing Zoe Kravitz's buns to smithereens. So happy. Congratulations to the happy couple on that. um, Yeah, I think that's all I feel like. Oh, Vanderpump Rules is coming out. Vanderpump Rules is coming back at the end of September. And I'm actually very excited about that. Um, So I'll probably be talking about that. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Oh, I was also on an episode of Feathers in My Hair. We were talking about the Goslins, John and Kate Plus 8, the money, how it ruined them, the haircut, the whole thing. So that was so much fun. Thank you to Liz for letting me talk about that because I asked her, and I have no shame about it. Um, so check that out. And oh, very special announcement, you guys! Very special. So I have teased this a couple of weeks ago, and that I didn't say anything, but now we're we're at the final countdown. So um, I have teamed up with an app video service company called Airtime. And it is going to be a live streaming service where I'm going to be doing shows every now and again. And my, I've been on it before, so hopefully you guys have checked me out. But this Monday, or the following Monday, um, is going to be the Met Gala. So we're talking what? Monday the 13th. September 13th. Um, so at 8 o'clock on Monday, I'm going to be talking about my favorite Met looks, the theme. This is like extremely my shit. I love talking about fashion. The Met Gala is like my Super Bowl. So if you want to check that out, um, you can download the Airtime app and I will be talking about that on Monday. Um, um, where am I going with this? Oh, you'll hear more like updates throughout the week. So if you follow me, um, on Instagram, that'll probably be the best way. Uh you'll see the announcements and I'll explain how you find me and all of that. So yeah, follow me on Instagram at everyone's business but mine and you'll get news on that. And with that you guys, I hope you have a lovely Labor Day. Uh yeah. <laughs> see, this is why I shouldn't have even done an episode. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the vid is going to be a recap of Real Housewives of Potomac, so hope you enjoy. Bye, love you. Asking, are you and Eddie reinvigorating your sex life? That's I mean, a fair
1: question. No, that is it's that question fair. is basically assuming that the blogs are true. No, No, no. no, no, no. no. Yes,
0: she feels attacked. This filthy milkmaid. You drove four hours to ruin my trip. This is why I don't deal with her. As I've said, when you I want to be messy. I'll admit to doing the churning, did not. Oh. Uh, absolutely that hoe did. You called me a hoe. I believe you did. Really? And that's appropriate? Yes. Okay. Yes, it was. Why is that? Because I felt like seeing it. You have no legs to stand on. You brought us because, your because, because ass. You, you so William I'm Williamsburg. I'm, I'm wife. Wife. to spread. I'm and bullshit. So, and then you start so, off with your breast milk. Y'all want to talk about body shaming, right? I'm so not, body now shaming now you're You, me why? You walking into a room I'm and body shaming yourself. I'm watching with your big ass face and your big ass oh. forehead. All right, let's talk Real Housewives of Potomac. I've said it before about these women. We have a lot of foundational episodes or episodes that like only get really dramatic towards the end, but like. These are our women, they're icons, and even the foundational, even the more sleeper episodes are still better than most of our faves, so I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to talk about this episode. Um, We had heart, we had violence, we had fights, we had discord, we had a lot of ugly outfits, so let's talk about it. Mia, we start off with the episode, is Mia is going to be meeting her mom for lunch. So what we know about Mia, what she's told us so far is that she and her mom have a checkered past with one another. It's very tenuous, very fragile. She doesn't really, they don't have that traditional mother-daughter relationship because uh, Mia was put in the foster care system and wasn't really raised by her mother. So you know, like they're trying to honor each other and trying to form a relationship. So this is very interesting. There are a lot of themes or a lot of... During this episode, I was thinking about like ethics and what is right and what is wrong, what's too far, what's not far enough. And this was kind of the first moment where if if her relationship is so tenuous with her mom is it the smartest idea to have these very real and raw conversations about what happened during my childhood why I was given up do we need to have these on camera I don't know personally I felt a little bit uncomfortable watching this it felt like a little too much I don't know like (sighs) I don't. I'm trying to think of like what the difference would be between like Kathy and Kyle having their conversation the other week, and them kind of airing it out. Maybe it's because we've well, it, exactly. We've seen years of them, or at least Kyle, and we've been privy to all of this, so it was sort of the natural conclusion. And also, Kathy is choosing to be on the show as some sort of cast member; she signed a contract. Um, whereas Mia's mom is obviously a civilian, and I don't know. It just felt like oh. I don't dislike Mia. I feel very much about Mia like I do for Shawn. She's not for me, but I get it. And I am not going to fight people if they say that they really like her. Um, I I probably like Mia a little bit more than I do for Shawn. I actually like Mia a lot more than I do for Sean. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, anyway, she talks to Gordon about it. They're picking out outfits, blah, blah, blah. She says that her goal is to have her mom leave their lunch feeling better than when she entered it. Um, and she also says that she, you know, her mom has had her, uh, struggle with addiction and she doesn't want to upset her at all. She doesn't want to trigger anything. She says, I just don't want to be responsible for her relapse next we see wendy meeting up with idris Eddy, her husband to talk about what happened in williamsburg and the drama that went down why he came up the fact that he came up at all and you know i love eddie i just like want to spend time i feel like i could drink a martini with him and and i would actually enjoy it um i just like i like his vibes I really like his vibes. Here's the issue with Wendy. Is it Wendy is like, and this is the beauty of Wendy. And really the beauty of all of them is that they're all 80% right. Most of the time, (laughs) if that makes sense. But then something goes left. And with Wendy, I think that Wendy goes, I don't want to say that she goes too hard, but at some point she goes in a direction of corny, And then people can't respect her. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's difficult for me. But I I do like Wendy. And I like her relationship. I I do. (sighs) Okay, so on the episode of Feathers in My Hair, we brought up the fact, we were talking about the Goslins that um, John and Kate, the longer they were on the show, they started off with like a pretty big village of people family friends relatives in-laws that were helping them and then as the years went on it was like nobody was in their universe except for those children no adults no help no friends nothing um so i do have a tendency to side-eye a situation in which uh there's a couple and the parents are completely isolated from the couple that triggers me a little bit however their relationship really does seem healthy they don't seem like they want to be in that place with their family i I believe it's eddie's family that is not involved in their life um at all and where am i going with this i just i love their love even though I do find... I there a, a couple of the hairs on my forearm go up. Just a couple. But I do like them overall. Um, and, like, I mean, if we're comparing it to the other relationships in this uh, franchise, as the women are wont to do, then, you know, they, they're the institution for me. At any rate, Wendy brings up the fact that it's, like, ironic that the people who had the most volatile relationships and marriage would bring that sort of rumor back to her. And Eddie says that he doesn't really understand that he, he lives his life a certain way. He walks down a certain road. He, they also know that there are issues with his family and his parents and, and the fact that they have like really struggled with maintaining being together while also dealing with this isolation from his parents and so what kind of sense would it make for him to go through all of that and then cheat on her i completely agree with eddie and this defense of Giselle's that, like, I didn't believe it. It's just giving very Teresa versus Jackie last season. Like, if you don't believe the rumor, then why are you going around asking multiple people about it? If you don't want to lend credence to a rumor like that, like, if you don't believe that the rumor exists, then why would you even question the catalyst to the rumor? You know what I mean? Like, if the catalyst, if you're saying that eddie was unfaithful and therefore wendy got her ass and titties done because she's feeling a little bit insecure if you don't believe that what that eddie was unfaithful then why would you believe that wendy is insecure it doesn't make sense to me and this is a part of giselle that i find really frustrating is that she is almost never wrong Except for when it comes to Robin. Robin is the only person that we see her consistently apologizing to. But, like, she also says horrible things to Robin. Like, I truly can't imagine why she would think it was okay to tell Robin, like, you need to worry about being sexy for your man because he's hot and like he's basically already cheated on you before so aren't you worried about like why don't you get your lazy ass out of bed when she's clearly dealing with this whole situation with Robin is very frustrating to me but more on that later (laughs) um with I just I just I I don't get it I don't understand the situation I also don't understand and I'm sure most of you heard this that Wendy said Robin knew all about these rumors. So when she's sitting at this table repeatedly asking Wendy, what's the rumor? What's the rumor? You know what the rumor is. So why are you acting dumb? All of this is just very confusing. Just a hedge maze. And I love it here. Like I'm happy to be lost and with no hopes of getting out, to be clear. Anyway, Um, speaking of Robin, she goes over to Giselle's place and... They bring up they're recording an episode of their podcast who, which I've said that I've listened to, and I also I actually find it to be pretty decent. Here's my like critique, if you will. Um, the first few episodes, they had topics, and like we see on this episode, they were talking about cheating. I think that's boring. <laughs> I think it's so boring and I also think it is the fastest way to end a podcast is that you come up with these you're like, oh, okay the first month or six weeks we're going to have all the topics. We're going to talk about cheating. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about Um, Your friendship your relationships. You're gonna talk about your job. You're gonna talk about whatever and After that you're like, oh, we don't have anything else to talk about because you've just laid everything on the line and It seems like they have started to go more towards the route of talking about current events in pop culture And I actually do think it's like a pretty decent podcast with that being said back to the show Um, the topic like I said was cheating so Giselle says she, st- she did some research and found out that if a man cheats one time, he is 350% more likely to cheat again. And then she says, well, I wish somebody had told me that two years ago. Uh, time the fuck out, ma'am. Um, so, okay, let me, <laughs> I am just like my, my, soul left my body when I heard her say that and it's trying to come out again but like I'm trying to center myself so I can make a point here. It Okay. So she goes to a confessional and the producer asks her what she would have done differently two years ago. And Giselle says nothing. So then the producer says, Well, you said that you wish you had knew that you had known about it and you were dating Jamal at the time and Giselle says, Yeah I was joking. What were you joking about? Where's the joke, man? Were you joking about the fact that somebody uh, sh- like <sighs> that? Somebody should have told you two years ago when the reality is that you've known this whole time. Because like, if I've known this whole time that Jamal was never faithful to you, then you certainly know it. <laughs> Everybody in America knows it. Everybody knew this before you even went on. I mean, not everybody, but a lot of people even knew this before you guys, before Potomac even began because of, uh, Jamal standing in the church community, the black church community particular. So to say like, I wish somebody had told me that two years ago, ma'am, he told you that the, your entire relationship, he told you that before you even got married Because that's why your dad didn't come to the wedding and walk you down the aisle. Because Jamal had been cheating on you. And you continued to stay in the relationship. So, (sighs) okay. So then Giselle tells production, I don't need statistics. I have Giselle's statistics. You most certainly do. But then she goes left. This is what I'm saying. 80%. Yeah, you don't need the real statistics because you have it in your own real life. But then she says... If you stay with a man long enough, he will cheat on you. Now, as a woman living in New York who has dated a certain amount, <laughs> I know from, from a man who will cheat. They do not care. They don't care. And I get that. I don't believe that every man will cheat. And I don't believe it's just a ticking time bomb that's an inevitability. You, this is Jamal. This is Jamal doing this to you. And like, he's been doing the entirety of your relationship. So her, it's so like dark for her to continuously protect Jamal. And I know that's her, her kid's father, but like, we all know what he was doing out here in these streets. He has the children to prove it, but I just, I don't get it. I don't get why she still acts like we don't have all the information. (laughs) It's strange to me back to the recording session. Giselle basically says that she can forgive a one night stand. If you went to the strip club or you went to a bachelor party and you were hooked up with somebody and you know, things happen she can forgive that, but she's not signing up for a lifestyle of cheating because how she feels about herself will always be more important than how she feels about a relationship. Okay. Okay, okay. I mean, you still haven't really a full. You've like just barely admitted that you broke up with Jamal, even though he broke up with you publicly. So I don't see this. This is my problem with Giselle. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not get it. Anyway, um, then Robin, and you know another woman on the show who's had a very public infidelity situation, says that. In her early days with Juan, when he would cheat, she would just turn a blind eye to it. But eventually, you know, there would be the nights where she would cry herself to sleep. And she had a come-to-Jesus moment where she said, I came to the realization that I was never going to let a man make me cry again. And she now does not have any tolerance for anything else, or anything less than what she deserves. <sighs> I, okay, I mean, nobody ever came out with like a full photographic evidence of one having this girlfriend in the early seasons of the show. So I guess I'm gonna let you have that girl, but okay, you're still not married yet. Anyway, um, next we see Candace and are you guys like constantly being surprised that Candace is in school to get her master's degree? <laughs> Because every time it comes up, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're doing that. It just seems like a lot to put on your plate when you're trying to launch a music career and also be on this show. But okay. Um, Anyway, she and Chris have a conversation about this music career. She has her video shoot coming up in the next couple weeks. And in a confessional, Chris, you know, he's playing manager and... He says that his role is to or his job rather is to make sure that she doesn't stress out, so Candace tells Chris what Giselle said about him at that dinner at that dinner where Giselle basically fired away at everybody in her <laughs> arm's length, and I could tell that this really made Chris feel some type of way because Candace has said many times before that Giselle is Chris's favorite <laughs> and so when he's finding out that she basically was like don't you feel like Chris is gonna ride your coattails if you continue to let him be this husbander?" um yeah he he was pissed he was really pissed <laughs> um and then he starts going on in this like hashtag black love speech about how what about the times and you were standing beside me and you were hostess at my restaurant when I wasn't fully staffed. And why can't I do the same thing for you now? And uh, Candace says in a confessional that Giselle has been scorned in her relationship and she's projecting her insecurities onto her magical Ebony and Ivory love story. (laughs) I'm so mad at Candace for so many reasons. I, I, did not like for her and I did not care for her. She was kind of like a, ooh, maybe like a Tamra for me, where it was kind of like a broken clock. You're right, a couple times and you can make me giggle every now and again, but mostly I find you insufferable and just like a tiny woman full of terror. And I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. I'm in this tornado. I don't know if I'm gonna get bit or not. And like, I just was afraid of her. But I'll tell you guys, her confessional, both the look and all the jokes that she's cracking, are so fucking funny. She's doing the most. She is absolutely hilarious to me. And she's doing much better on, um, you know, social media. She's not calling people roaches and talking about their teardown houses. And you know, she's really, she's really, um, I'm liking her. I'm really liking her. With that being said, here's my thing. I don't care about this storyline and I also think it's a bad idea, but not for the reasons that are being expressed on the show. I don't think... I've seen um, Chris uh, try to tweet <laughs> and <laughs> it just comes off as a very middle-aged guy who isn't really very online. And I think that in this day and age, if you want to be in the music industry, you have to have an incredibly savvy social media team. It can't just be you and your husband. Because what people are going to pick up on is your, you like 40 something year old husband doing social media. And it's going to feel like a 40 something year old dude doing your social media for your pop career. And, it, and people aren't going to vibe with that. It's just not part of the package. Also, historically, the husbandger thing doesn't work. I watched all of Tamar and Vince. Okay, I saw that entire evolution, and it did not work. We see Candy trying to work with Todd on the next like Chitlin Circuit um, play, and I, it also doesn't work. There's just a lot of discord. I think that this is a really bad idea. I don't think that Chris is trying to ride Candace's coattails. I don't think he's trying to get a check off of her. I don't think he's trying to not work. Um, I just don't think it's a good idea. It's going to be too stressful. And we see a perfect example of it later that I will talk about then. So after they talk about the Giselle's comment, Candace brings up uh, Ashley just running into Williamsburg being the Tasmanian devil and then riding out with her breast milk. And she says that Ashley's trash and she's trash who came up to Williamsburg for four hours just to stir the pot. Chris attempts to play devil's advocate and be like, well, maybe that's not really what she was trying to do. And Candace is like, no, I know this is what she was trying to do. And I'll tell you how I know. So after the whiskey tasting, I went to the kitchen, Ashley and her forehead. (laughs) See, pause, Candace, please stop. (laughs) Please stop saying forehead because here's the thing. I'm going to laugh every time and I don't want to, but it's funny. (laughs) And I don't even think her forehead's that bad. But like, you just can't be out here calling people forehead because that shit's funny to me. So please stop. (laughs) She says, Ashley and her forehead. Ashley and her forehead were in there getting breast milk because she was getting ready to leave and I saw her gleefully at the fridge getting her little titty milk being like well that didn't go how I thought it was gonna go (laughs) I can't with her she's too good (coughs) she's too good then in a confessional (laughs) Candace says you know you, you guys are saying oh the Ashley's changed Ashley's a mother now but no forehead.'" You're messy. I can't stand her. Anyway, speaking of Ashley, ugh, Ashley and Michael go to, I don't know, give their baby al ac- chiropractic. Chiro, chiropractic? That's not a word. Um, get their baby adjusted. I don't know. Titty milk, something. I hope he's feeding well. He seems to be doing beautifully. Personally, I don't care. Um, what I do care about. <sighs> is there a change.org petition going around to get Michael Darby off our screens? Is somebody created an Instagram account like they did to get Stassi off of Vanderpump rules, I will sign anything. I'll do it. I'll do a March. I'll do a fun run. I will donate blood plasma. Um, there are a lot of things I do. I don't want this man on my TV. I don't like him. And here's the thing, Michael is trying very hard to play the doting husband, attentive father, nice guy, I don't grab anybody's ass, I'm not a, you know, like a sex pest this season and I don't like it, I clearly don't believe it, I don't know if production thought that we were going to believe it. I don't know what their thought process was, but if we could form some sort of committee and a panel, I have a lot of questions and I need answers. We all do. We all deserve. And maybe we should form a class action lawsuit against Michael. Um, What the fuck was this? So after their um, consultation, they get in the car and they're talking about, You know, Ashley's being like, oh, you know, sorry, babe. I'm not really feeling, you know, very sexual. I don't feel like I'm really ready down there right now. And I know that we're not really, you know, going there at the moment. And I'm, you know, appreciative of you for being so patient and, you know, having the baby sleep in the room for us. And um, then she asks, did you see my vagina. Did you pay attention to my vagina when I was giving birth? And Michael's like, no, I was watching my baby being born. I wasn't really thinking about the parts. And she says, oh, so you still look at me sexually, right? He's like, of course. And then he says, you're certainly getting back into shape, which is great for me. And you certainly don't look overweight in any shape or form. So right now, I think we're good. I think we've got it. Set this man on fire. Set. I want sand. I want bleach. I want just like the most acidic lemons that you could possibly find. If we have to ship them in from Capri, I will pay that. This is him being nice. This is him attempting to function as a human being. This is what he thinks is okay. This is his on-camera behavior towards his wife. This is him thinking that he's being nice. Are you? What? (laughs) What? He's twisted. He's demented. He's sick. And I want him off my camera.
1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Ugh, I just, ugh, vile. Anyway, quickly, let's move on to Robin. We see her on the couch talking to her son about what's going on with her about how the fact that she's not waking up or she wakes them up and then she goes right back to sleep and she's in her words being lazy and not as productive as she should be. So she's thinking about getting a life coach and his response was mine, which was, huh? (laughs) Now clearly his response was because he doesn't know what a life coach is. And like, that's partially mine too. Um, but mine is ma'am. I don't know if it's, like, ethical or if it's uncouth or not PC to talk about how people need therapy. But I think it's fair to say if somebody's being very open about the specific issues that, are, that they're going through and dealing with, it's not unfair to say that what robin said she was going through sounds a lot like if not depression something that she needs to talk to an actual licensed therapist with a license and a degree in therapy and mental health and not a life coach (laughs) what is it why are these people so afraid of therapy i don't get this it's so interesting to me as a black person i know that black people tend to shun therapy, psychology, psychiatry in favor of religion. But what I'm finding lately is that I would think that a therapist would be more of a go-to option than a life coach because at least You know that that therapist has actually gone through, like, an accredited school. I don't know. Like, I don't want to diss any life coaches. Like, y'all feel me. But I think even y'all would agree that, like, the person she talks to on the phone specifically says that the difference between therapy and life coaching is that life coaching is really for people who are emotionally together. And that they just need a push. So... Robin says, well, I don't think that's really, or I do think that that's my issue. I don't think that I have, like, any emotion. Like, my life is pretty good. But what Robin needs to understand is that a lot of depressed people's lives are pretty good. (laughs) Like, a lot of depressed people will say, my life is good, but I can't get out of the bed. Or my life is good, but I'm missing out on several major business opportunities because I just can't be motivated to get them done I don't think her issue is simply uh you know get out there and really be somebody and like hold yourself accountable this isn't like a bullshit I don't want to say life coaching is bullshit but I don't think that this is her issue I think that she is going through things I think she is putting on a happy face I think she is downplaying what's actually going on and I just want her to talk to a therapist that's all I'm saying like I want her to just try and then if she feels like yeah I mean this isn't really like my thing then go to the life coach I just think she's going in the wrong direction at any rate good luck to you girl I like Robin most of the time when she's not like doing things in tandem with with Giselle Um, so I hope she gets the help that she needs I really do moving on um mia and her mom meet up for lunch so things start off a little bit light and they're talking about mia's daughter and how she's like you know like spunky and how mia's daughter takes after mia and mia takes after her dad and her mom's like yeah when you were younger and you used to do things be like oh god i can't believe it um you know she's acting just like your dad and it's getting on my nerves so then Mia says well about my dad like what did he do and her mom is immediately like I don't want to go down that road I don't want to do this so then Mia asks why and then all of this comes out and it was just very sad she starts off by saying to Mia you know that he's the one who introduced me to drugs right Do you remember that night that you got burned? And Mia's like, no, I don't remember, but I have scars to prove it all over my body. And then Mia's mom starts talking about how she had gone to work one day. She was there for 15 minutes. She gets a call. You have to come back home. So she's like, what could possibly be going on? So what happened was Mia, child Mia was making oatmeal. The pot spilled onto her. She had second and third degree burns all down her side on her face. um, And she went downstairs to find her husband, Mia's father down in the basement with another woman. Now, like, let's really think about that. Did who found Mia? Who called? Did they not know that the hut? Did they think that Mia was by herself? Why was he still down in the basement with another woman when she got back? Why was he not attending to his child? I mean, I understand that this is a... He he was struggling with drugs, but... Wow, I mean, even then, it just seems incredibly, shockingly selfish and negligent. And I, I can't even believe that. And I'm glad that Mia can't remember, because that sounds incredibly traumatizing. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um... Mia says what a lot of people say. I have a, ten, you know, I think when parents pass away, you tend to have a, uh, you know, like a rosier view of them. And if they weren't in your life or they were only in your life as a child and then they're gone, or even if they're still around and they just weren't really around in your life. You might have like those positive memories of like, oh, he used to pick me up or we used to go get ice cream and and you don't remember the bad stuff. And that's what Mia was saying, that she has a recollection of her father being really great, except for um, when he was dealing with his addiction. But she says she can't really remember that. So she has a hard time basically conceptualizing why her mom hates him so much, basically. So if that was not sad enough, then Mia's mother says that the drugs got out of control and she knew that she had to leave. But three days after that, she panicked. She started missing her man and she felt like she couldn't leave without him or live without him. So she attempted suicide. And Mia says that, you know, it was a weird situation for her and her mom because it wasn't like she fully resented her mom for being gone but she wanted her there and they say that this conversation was like a really nice healing moment between them and that's great like if they can it doesn't seem like well like she said like Mia doesn't hate her mom so if she doesn't hate her mom and she's willing to do the work then do the work you know that's that's the best possible situation anyway Next, we have Karen going shopping for a second dress for her vow renewal, because the first dress, which was being made in Turkey and is already over her $10,000 budget, is not going to be suitable for dancing. So she has to get another one. Now, if this is not your wedding, isn't every dress a second dress, technically? So really, we're, we're getting a third dress. You're still married, girl. But, you know what, like, far be it for me to stop Ladam from being her full fantasy. I live for it. I live for the delusion. I live for her saying that she wants a very comfortable dress. And then coming out with a dress more tight and uh, complicated than the next. The second one she couldn't even sit down in. So <laughs> how are you going to dance in it, ma'am? Anyway. Wendy and Mia cho- join her to go through this thing so I was just as confused as Mia so Mia pulls up the outside of this building is like the office like it's like a warehouse style building tan nothing good about it no windows trucks outside like very very basic right the inside is like They got every piece of, like, crystal, fancy, mirror, sparkles at, like, Hobby Lobby and just put it all in this space. So, what is this space? (laughs) Because she's trying on dresses, but also this is going to be the venue. Is the boutique in the back of the... Vi- I just have so many questions about what's going on, but this is also going to be the venue for the vow renewal. Um, Mia, when she finds this out, when Wendy tells her, she's like, wait, wait, wait. It's happening here? Well. <laughs> The interior certainly looks nice, but I think we might have to put a runner out for outside. I mean, it's giving Candy's wedding. Do you guys remember Candy's wedding special? Which, if you don't, um, I did a whole series on it on my Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. Plug it. Um, They got married. She and Ty got married in a warehouse. And it was like, ooh. Ooh. I mean, this is a little bit better because Candy had to redo, like, when I say they got into a warehouse, they got married in a warehouse, like it was nothing but like bolts, a dirty mop, and a ladder in the corner. They had to redo everything. At least this place is done, but like I also don't know where I am. Is it a store or is it a venue? I, I'm so confused. <laughs> so Karen comes out to talk to them about Williamsburg and how it was revealing. And at that point, Mia mentions that it's Robin's birthday is about to come up. Giselle is uh, having a lunch for her and that she was invited. Mia was invited by Giselle, but she noticed Karen and Wendy were not on the group chat. So she's like, what's going on with that? A producer asked Giselle in a confessional why she didn't invite Wendy um, or Karen. And she says, well, this is Robin's party and I want people who really care for her and wish her a happy birthday to be here there. And Mia, excuse me, Wendy and Karen did not wish her a happy birthday. So yeah, y'all have ain't invited. Karen tries to be the bigger person, kind of. (laughs) Kind of. And she says she feels like Giselle is scarred. And she doesn't want to kick a wounded dog. And Wendy says, yeah, but you don't want that wounded dog to kick you either. (laughs) So, and you know she says you know even though Giselle has her challenges like we have our challenges with each other and you know I I just feel like loneliness and bitterness makes you do crazy things and because in her mind in Giselle's mind she really thought she was in a relationship (laughs) yikes Um, and if she would just say that she was hurting she would get the support that she needs even from me This is why Karen is an all-star. She's a legend. <laughs> that was just, like, perfect. Uh, um, the perfect mix of, like, 33% empathy, 33% shade, and 33% delusion. <laughs> I'm like, just doesn't watch her help, ma'am, but okay. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
1: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com
0: slash style. Um, so uh, Karen tells Mia, I have a message for Giselle and I'm going to give it to you to give it to her during Robin's uh, birthday lunch. And listen. No, I just want one thing. I want her to text me and say that she regrets using the word death and we're good. I can do that. I'm willing to do that for the group. (laughs) A benevolent queen. Absolutely. Um, So (laughs) this whole like that she's hanging on to the fact that Giselle said, you'll be in the grave before I lose my looks when What is his name? Why do I always blank on his name? Karen and I want to call him Jerry. (laughs) Every time I want to call him Jerry. Ray. I got it. Ray. The Ray was so horrific in saying that you should find a man before you lose your looks. I think that was a perfectly uh, appropriate response. It was probably one of the more appropriate responses that Giselle has ever given. And she didn't say death. She didn't. And, like, I don't want to have to defend Giselle. But that's not what she said. Nobody wants Ray to die. She wants Ray to live. She wants Ray to pay his bills. Remember? Anyway. (laughs) Another scene with Candace and Chris. And it's now the week of her uh, music video shoot. They're going over the schedule and this is what I'm saying. This is why we don't need a husbandger. Okay? Um, Chris mentions that, like, Okay, we're going to be doing these scenes, these days, we're going to be shooting, and also I'm going to be doing some cooking classes, so there are going to be a couple days where I'm not going to be at your shoot, and Candace is immediately like, well, why would you schedule what, work? (laughs) Why would you schedule something like that, um, knowing that I have my thing? Like, I need you here to be, I need you to be present. (laughs) For the music video so she thinks that if he's not there that things are going to fall by the wayside and she just needs to focus on being the the talent and have him work out the kinks and if she's not able to do that and then chris gets mad because he's like listen you should be able to trust that i have my ducks in a row you're gonna have your uh, choreographer such and such this, that, and the third, they're all going to be there when I'm not there. They're all going to be clued in. So I I got this. I'm three steps ahead of you. And I figured this all out. He starts getting a little sassy. And then he says, Oh, you know, I'm basically acting as your manager in a volunteer way. And if you want me to drop everything, then I'll just be like, Hey, where's my allowance? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Twisting his neck up. Thank you very much. (laughs) And then he says, on top of that, I'm also going to be playing golf right after this because I just need five minutes. Like, if I'm going to be doing all this stuff for you, then I'm going to need some time for myself. And then I could spend the rest of my time doing your shit. And Candace says, I will cuss you the fuck out. Check your attitude. <laughs> you can tell she's like, we are mic'd. There's a boom mic right in front of us. I will don't because I will. Okay. And Then Chris mumbles away. He gets up with his chunky turtleneck and he starts talking about how he does this shit for free. And if you want, you know, if you don't want it done for free, then find somebody else. And Candace comes out with the biggest cry angle I've ever seen. (laughs) Usually she keeps a tight, just a standard Kleenex. This clearly she had to, you know, MacGyver the situation she had to use as, you know how when you're at the restaurant, they roll up the the silverware in a napkin. So she was using that black napkin, but it was so, <laughs> it was like sticking out a good two feet from her face. It was high drama, high, high drama, camp, even camp even. Um, so she is forced to sit there to pay for the the meal I don't even think she got a bite of what looked to be very delicious macaroni and cheese and they drove off in that very like that dark thing that happens on housewives with the couples where you know like remember when Denise and Aaron uh were going to the car and she grabbed Aaron and said don't say a word right didn't he say I'm like I'm gonna strangle you or something girl let me not go down there um actually let me go down there I just want to talk about something very random this is about real housewives of Beverly Hills (laughs) And I'm so sorry. But this has been on my mind. Because as much as I know about uh, Bravo and Housewives, I don't remember this happening. And even in my years of being in, like, the Bravo fandom, nobody ever mentions this moment. And I was sitting there just slack-jawed. So, if you want to watch this, I... It's the episode before the dinner party from hell. So, Beverly Hills season one, maybe episode eight or something. (laughs) Kim... Kim Richards is a goat. Kim tells a story about how she was somewhere and she was manning a grill and she was cooking chicken on the grill. A guy comes up and they start getting into it over the chicken. And then this turns into a meet cute somehow. And she invites him over to hang out. Kind of like a date situation, right? So on camera, this guy shows up with who I'm hoping is his granddaughter, Because she was maybe four. And uh, he shows up with his child. And everybody, there's a bunch of people at Kim's place. Her kids, some random people. It's like she's having a get together when this was supposed to be like kind of a date, kind of a hangout situation with this guy. So she then. Wild. She then lies to him. About what she has a guest at her home who has a baby. She lies about the baby being hers. (laughs) She says, Oh, the baby's hungry. So she leaves this man to go fake breastfeed a baby that is not hers. It is so weird. The man leaves immediately. (laughs) It is one of the most strange. What? Why did any... I could not believe what I was watching. Anyway, let's get back to the present. Go back to Potomac. Anyway, um, the point was that they were having this conversation like, we're still mic'd up, even though we're in this car. Like, why did you do this? Why, why would you do this? Like, I'm really about to cuss you out. Like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> so then we see a screen. The screen pops up and says three hours later. So we know this must be foreshadowing for some drama. The ladies are all meeting up for Robin's birthday lunch. And, oh, this is a moment where I have to tell you guys something very unfortunate. (sighs) Now I know that we've all come to terms, or mostly, or just kind of accepting the fact that Giselle's fashion is that of, like, Darcy and Stacy from 90 Day Fiance. In that, it's like, they all shop Like, you know the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Like, there's just, like, a secret place where people like them all get their clothes from. I don't know where they're sourced, but it's like they go into a closet and they find the strangest things. Things that I've never seen on certainly not a runway, not even in Forever 21. Um, So Giselle's outfit, I thought, at first, was harmless. It was a cheetah print dress. She had, like, a Gucci belt. Did it, did the belt go with the dress? Not really, but hey, like my expectations for Giselle's fashion sense are in hell where they belong. Um, so I thought, okay, this is not so bad. She's got this like choker thing. That's right. You know, right up to her neck. Don't love it. But again, the bar's in hell and I can accept this. And then I realized that the choker was attached to the dress And I thought to myself, no more. I can't do this anymore. Intervention. I know intervention is for drugs, but if they could do like a special one-off, if we could do um, Neve, if we could get Neve and Max, I know Max isn't on the show, but I would like him back for this very special episode. If we could get Neve and Max back to like figure out who is tricking Giselle into thinking that these clothes are good. There has to be some sort of fashion uh, catfish um, I I just need questions again if we could if we can open up a committee to um, the wrongdoings of one Michael Darby and if we had just like an extra five minutes to figure out what's going on with Giselle at the end I, I would prefer that I really really love that and I think I deserve it anyway um Candace walks in and in a confessional and she says that she hates going into situations with unresolved foolishness with her husband because it stresses her out and she lashes out. Ooh, can't wait. So the girl will sit down. Robin, of course, is not there yet. And Candace is like, oh, well, I noticed that some people are missing. And Giselle says, are they missing? Um, Candace and a scholar are there and they're basically like, I thought you were ready to move forward with Wendy. Giselle. And Giselle's like, well, I reached out to text boo-boo about having a private conversation, but I haven't heard from said boo-boo. So now a private conversation is off the table because I haven't heard from her. And Candace is like, that's not fair to put an expiration on something since Wendy didn't know that. And also, um, I don't think we put expiration dates on apologies since you're the one that pissed her off, but okay. <laughs> um, uh, Mia mentioned that Wendy speaks really highly of Giselle and Giselle's response is, well, if she speaks so highly of me then she should know that I wasn't trying to be shady. But we all know that that's exactly what you were trying to do. There was no... She could talk for about six hours about her explanation as to... justification as to why she did what she did but it will never make sense to me she did this to be shady one thousand percent. And that's okay but just admit it. I would be fine if she just admitted it. Robin finally shows up to her own birthday event. And Giselle mentions that there had been some conversations about Karen and Wendy before she got there. So Candace again says, I thought you guys were good with Wendy and I thought y'all made up. But Robin says that she feels like even though they talked through everything, and she felt some type of way about Wendy making jokes about her non-existent relationship with Juan that even though they had that conversation, she felt like it was still unresolved. And in a confessional, Robin says that she felt like Wendy's apology was kind of snarky. And even if she thought they had a real friendship, or even though she thought they had a real friendship, she was wrong. Mm, I think this is a up, And I think this is like... Robin is very Katie Maloney. I think I've said this before. When you separate her from the madness, she's not so bad. But it's like once you put Stassi and Katie together, they were just like two terrors. But Katie on her own, I think we're gonna find maybe not so bad, not great, not great, but not so bad either. So Giselle then asks Ashley if she added hot sauce, meaning. When Ashley talked to Wendy about what she had had a conversation with Giselle with, did she make it more dramatic and piss her off, right? So Ashley says, no. She says, what I said was, I don't want you to perceive this the wrong way. So I'm just asking, are you and Eddie reinvigorating your sex life? And then Giselle cuts her off and says, that's a fair question. No, it's not. what (laughs) even if you guys even if this cheating rumor didn't come out and you just thought there was something going on why would you be like did you get new titties to reinvigorate your sex life that wasn't what you thought Ashley that's not what you thought anyway um so Giselle says that's fine Escala says when you say it like that it sounds like what you heard in the blogs is true I agree And then Ashley says, no. And Candace says, yeah. Wendy feels attacked. So in a confessional, Candace says, you filthy milkmaid. <laughs> you drove four hours to ruin my trip. See, that's why I don't deal with her. A <laughs> milkmaid. Oh, Back at the table, Ashley says, like I said before, I can admit to being messy and churning the butter but not in this case and candace says absolutely that hoe did and ashley says oh you're calling me a hoe and then candace says yeah i did <laughs> ashley asks if that's appropriate and candace says yes because she felt like saying it and then ashley says you have no legs to stand on and candace says well, you brought your whole wide body ass to Williamsburg to spread lies and bullshit and then you took off with your breast milk. Ashley says that Candace is body shaming her. Candace says, I'm not body shaming you. You walking into a room is body shaming yourself with your wide, big ass face and your wide forehead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, there's been a very heated conversation about body shaming... Was that appropriate? Clearly it was not appropriate. We don't need to be making any comments about why his referenced to somebody's body. Certainly not. A mother who just had a child. I don't know why she felt the need to say something like that. Do I think it's funny? No. I'm still laughing at her saying forehead, just to be clear. I don't know why I'm so immature. I don't... Forehead really gets me. Um... Candace should not have said that. Obviously, Candace is bringing some fire from some past issues that she's had with Ashley. This was like a sleeper, uh, rivalry, if you will, between Ashley and Candace. I really enjoy it. Uh, I, (laughs) obviously she shouldn't have said that. Like clearly, like I, I can't defend her at all. I, there's nothing I can do about that. So, Hopefully she apologizes for that. And we could just have like a good old-fashioned rivalry, a good old-fashioned frenemyship between them because I'm loving it. I I'm, I'm loving it. But she lost me a wide body. So, anyway, you guys. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.